Welcome to what is now episode 56 of Ambiance Podcast. I go by the name of Levi. I'm hosting this show and I'm eager to introduce you to today's guest, Dewey Saunders. Dewey is an artist based in Los Angeles and he is known for incorporating various different mediums such as collage, illustration, and computer-based graphic design to really form a visual vocabulary that speaks volume on culture, history, and imagination. His past projects include working with artists such as Anderson Pack and Future, and also really high-level brands such as Ray-Bans and Urban Outfitters. He's been doing this for a long time, so he has a unique perspective on how his realm of artistry has changed over time, from the pre-internet, social media days, to now, and how he's adapted to all of that to gain the notoriety that he has today. I'm excited for you all to hear this one. Let's get into it. Here's episode 56 of Ambiance Podcast with Dewey Saunders. Yo, what's up? This is Dewey Saunders. You are now in tune with the Ambiance Podcast. What up, people? Welcome to Ambiance Podcast, Saturday edition with my man Dewey Saunders yo, sitting yo, to the right up, of me. What's going on, man? How Thank are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Like I told you a little bit off camera, I was excited to have you on because I'm a fan of your work first off, but I want to get into the process of how your mind works when you're creating your art. And okay. also, I love just how unique it is in a sense where you you and you integrate so many different like aspects of art right whether it's your, like yeah. your collage cutting cutting and shaping that from print or whether it's from your graphic mm-hmm. design computerized so what compels yeah. you to incorporate like so many different types of art within your projects well good eye first of all thank you <laughs> um definitely i wouldn't say i'm like multidisciplinarian, but as a graphic designer, I definitely am um, moving through multiple mediums to get my point across and whatever the project dictates. So okay. basically, I love an analog process and I have like a fascination with vintage printed materials like magazines and old books. So I collect a lot of resources and scan them in and kind of like build up these archives and like data banks of images that I just go through for inspiration. So okay. really I'm like looking at all kinds of stuff from like the 40s all the way to the, like the 80s, wow. going through National Geographic, Life magazines, and pulling a lot of inspiration from found imagery. Okay. So a lot of that will end up in my collage work, but a lot of it will also inform my design work, which I think you kind of had a good eye spotting that. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of whatever the project dictates is whatever approach I'll use. Um, like the Anderson Pack cover for Malibu yeah. is more like a paper collage style as opposed to like the future cover that I did for The Wizard, which is more of like a heavy metal, yeah. punk rock aesthetic, um, which I use like photocopy like techniques for so really like I, I like hands-on like techniques and using the computer as a tool to kind of put my ideas together um, kind of like post in the process but I'm definitely like always in Photoshop and kind of like working in an analog process within Photoshop too yeah so yeah it's um I just think there's a lot of warmth to the old printed matter that I like to bring in, like textures and 
Yeah. So obviously it's like on a case by case basis. Cause you mm -hmm. said like, it depends on the project you're working on. Exactly. So how much freedom do you have when you work with artists? Like for example, on that, like Malibu cover that you did, is it like Anderson or his team saying they want a certain look or like, is it like you just have the ability to kind of create it with, with your own experience? Um, that's also dictated by the client as well. Sometimes okay. they have a team that has a creative director that has a really strong vision for the project. And that was the case for Malibu. Okay. So they had a creative director named Corey Gomberg, who we worked really closely in unison for the whole campaign. So we did single covers, the album art, the packaging, tour posters, and basically it was a kind of a full integrated brand program in a way, like the whole campaign and rollout. Yeah. So he, he kind of ideated and creative directed me as a designer who then put everything together in real time and made it look the way it did. Okay. And it obviously it has to be like on theme, right? With whatever your, whatever the project is. So basically we were listening to Malibu over and over again, Oh really? you know, and pulling out imagery from the lyrics because Anderson's lyrics are so rich. We were like, mm -hmm. okay, let's just, let's pull the actual imagery from that. And then we kind of approached it. Like it was this like, 1970s like psychedelic rock record yeah because in the gatefold it's almost like a homage to Jimi hendrix electric ladyland um because he has all the chicks laid out and they're underwater and he's playing the piano um that's the gatefold of the album when you pull it out of the lp oh wow so yeah there was like a lot of like referential stuff going on and a lot of like high concept ideas going on um and that was one of the first times where i took the idea and we kind of ran with it and it was a thread that ran throughout the whole campaign right you know? yeah and i think that it's really dope that you get to communicate that through your art it's kind of like telling a story right which is essentially what you're doing definitely it's almost like using collage as like illustration or you know using the imagery to explain the narrative and really to make the music come alive visually is the job. Like really yeah. taking the sounds and how to interpret them into a visual experience. Yeah, and it's you did an amazing job at that project definitely too because I feel like the imagery just matches the actual album so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a subtle thing because whenever I hear the music, the images kind of pop in my mind and it's really like intertwined in a way where I couldn't really imagine it any other way and the I feel like the the album cover looks like the music sounds and that's really the goal for every cover that I work on is for it to be almost like a like synesthesia when you like mix up the senses like it actually the artwork is the music yeah. in a very, a very intimate way. And it works that same way for the other covers that you do as well like you're mm -hmm. listening to the music and that inspires the art. Right. Yeah, most of the time. Um, there are some cases with major profile artists where they cannot release any music. So oh. I'll just kind of like tap into their previous catalog and really like channel the energy they're trying to go th through with like the creative direction I'm provided. Got but you. it is really a case by case basis and every project is different. Um, but I love having the luxury of the artwork being informed by the music. I think it's important for me to like listen to it, live with it, soak in the music, and then translate that through my world. That's when your best work comes out, huh? When you're able Definitely, to do that. Definitely, yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny because 
I love having great creative direction. Working with like a, a strong art director or a creative director makes me a stronger designer. So yeah. that also was a reason why it came out so tight, in my opinion. And sometimes artists want a lot of freedom, but for me, um, having the client say, do whatever you want isn't really ideal. I'd oh. really like to establish like a, a concept and, you know, just like create the foundation and get on the same page as far as like what we're trying to say. Yeah, because it takes like a team to really bring that vision to life, right? It is great to have a whole team to do that. Sometimes, um, you know, we have to play several roles, but that's just how we like, you know, learn to do everything at once. Um, sometimes I play the role of creative director and designer. Um, and that's just the way it works. You kind of have to separate those processes in a way and like start from the ground up and really like get the idea straight and then kind of tell your designer self how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's cool to, to know that you know how it works on both sides, you know what I mean? Because I feel like that's important. Yeah, definitely. And I love playing the director side too and just mm -hmm. having like really strong illustrators or photography and kind of like... Um, orchestrating like larger projects from above too. Yeah, so with incorporating so many different mediums in your projects, which one did you start off with first? Cause obviously you probably started off with one thing and then ended up branching off into these all these other mediums, right? Yeah, it's funny because I actually started off illustrating. Um, when I graduated college, I was doing a lot of like portraiture, really tight illustrations with pen and ink. And I would do stuff for different magazines like The New Yorker and I was trying to get in Rolling Stone, but that was like my world. I was drawing like portraits of musicians and stuff. So over time, mixed media started to creep in and I would like cover up drawings I didn't like with collage and the immediacy of the collages I was making in my sketchbooks became like the prominent form for me. And I was, I was just really thinking that it was a perfect medium for album covers. And then, and working with that medium over a couple of years, it really started to click. And I was just like doing a lot of collage and it really became the medium, like a go-to medium for me, especially for album artwork. Um, but, if you look at my portfolio, a lot of covers I've actually illustrated. A lot of them are like photo based. So yeah, I do think of myself as a graphic designer at the end of the day. First, over anything else, graphic designer first. Yeah, that's dope, man. I think that. Do you think? Do you? Let me ask you this. Do you think that since you've been around since before the internet to now, mm -hmm. that you're art resonates with people because you can speak to like both generations, like pre-internet to internet now. Well, it's now. funny that you say that because I am at the top of the millennial spectrum. Yeah. So I have, you know, vague memories of pre-internet and I think it's important because it bridges a world in a way too, from mm -hmm. the old to the new. And, um, you know, one way to describe my work is like, I'm this like all seeing eye that's like seeing all this media and I'm really just like filtering it through my web, um, looking at all these images on the web and through all these books. And because um, I've existed in a pre-internet era, I do have like an emphasis on like books and printed mm. material and like, and like the analog processes that I kind of like remember, you know? So I feel like, I'm really inspired by the old school graphic designers who 
didn't have computers and the choices they were making were so important. And I r really try to consider the graphic design that I do to kind of like have that intentionality and, and decision making and make it like a fine art, you know? Yeah, and there's a lot of nostalgia that your mm -hmm. work brings, brings up onto. Are you conscious of that as well? Like, are you trying to evoke nostalgic feelings? Definitely, yeah. It's like uh, trying to evoke like a future nostalgia, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that with collage, the thing that I love about it is you can juxtapose timelines so quickly. Like, one image from, you know, the 1900s and then another one from a recent... Yeah. Shoot. And it's, you can really like weave some interesting like timelines together and um, it's just a really like infinite medium that I'm still like playing around with as far as like abstraction and um, it can really like go as far as you want to take it. Yeah, for sure. And really it's like all about like the hand skills at the end of the day too. So a lot of the things I post are like handmade paper collages that I put together I actually cut with an X-Acto blade and I, oh, sc wow. I scan them in and, you know, it's made by hand. And if it's not, like, composed by hand, the pieces are usually hand cut and I'll just scan them in and put them together in Photoshop. So that's, that's kind of like an analog way of working. And, um, you know, I think that it just preserves a lot of the texture and a lot of the, like, vintage kind of like aspects I'm going for. Yeah, 100%. Do you think that, how, how time and time and in like basic is that for you? Does that take a lot of time to cut everything De by hand? Definitely, but I also think that like my hand cuts are better than like my cuts like in Photoshop would be. <laughs> so yeah. it, it's like the best of both worlds, honestly. I get to preserve the cuts for like digital work and then I use them for like an analog piece too that I'll have a handmade version of. Yeah, it, it adds so like a sense of like I don't know, something that we're missing in today's society too, just the fact that it's made by hand because everything is just so computer-based nowadays that I feel like adding in an element of like physicalness and tangible like yeah. just really is important, I think, you know? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with digital work whatsoever, mm -hmm. but I feel like it is something that sets me apart a little bit is by having this crazy library that I have access to 24-7. Yeah. And, you know, it's almost like this infinite archive in a way that keeps growing. And a lot of my work is like self-referential and I'm like, creating this own world because I'm working with like this huge batch of materials that is yeah. almost like replicating still because I keep collecting new stuff. <laughs> do, you, do you think there's going to be a world one day where there's no more print? That's an interesting thought. Um, I hope not, but yeah. I feel like with the... You know, with the rise of ebooks and how people are just reading on tablets, it's interesting to think about. But on yeah. the same wave, there's almost like a return to form too. People are collecting vinyl again, and you know, the warmth of that sonically is appreciated. So I think that people will be collecting magazines and books more. Yeah. Almost as like art pieces or collectibles in a way. Yeah, it's like more of a, yeah, like you said, a collectible thing rather mm -hmm. than it is like a consumption thing. Just because so many publications, whether it's newspapers or magazines, have just converted to mainly online publications mm -hmm. that like I'd really hate to see that day where it's just all 
online and it's gonna be hard for people like you to get your resources you know what i mean and make your art if that if that were to come someday i feel like i don't know yeah i feel like i have enough stuff to last me a lifetime oh, really? at this point <laughs> <laughs> just from how much you collected yeah it's kind of ridiculous um but it's you know when you're passionate about something there's just like no end to it so yeah eventually i will cut through it and i do like collecting new material so you know i feel like in the future there will be maybe more like curated like used bookstores that are it's not just like junk it's like you know like mm. cool books that someone kind of like curated and made them interesting to check out yeah and it's it's like you know it's a study in history a lot of the things that I'm collaging with, I'll get sidetracked and read articles from back in the day. Oh. And you really, like, you know, as a designer, I like to be informed and kind of, like, always like to have new perspectives and new worldviews. And even if it's, like, a limited one from back in the day, it gives you an understanding of what it was like back then. Yeah. So sometimes, like, flipping through the old mags and listening to some music from the same year that can almost be like time traveling and it gives you a sense of like what culture was like. Back wow. Then. That's an interesting perspective to have on that. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. And in every era evokes like, and again, just like a different feeling and you can in incorporate all these type of feelings from those times into one piece, which is cr yeah. crazy. Yeah. And about. so that's what I do. I think that like a lot of it is like a, it's a study in like history and culture and a study in photography in a way too. Yeah, definitely. Just mm -hmm. all these different creative arts just coming together as one. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're from originally from Florida, right? Yeah, I'm originally from South Florida, Boynton Beach, born and raised. Then I moved up to Pennsylvania when I was like 10 or 11. Went to school there, art school, lived in Philly for about 10 years. And then three years ago, moved out here to LA and see if I would make it, you know, <laughs> things are going good. Nice. Um, you know, things are going very well. Yeah. So what, what intrigued you when you were first getting into art? Like what was that first spark of interest for you to get into it? Well, I was always around art. It was something that was kind of, my dad did art. My grandmother did art. Um, my whole family was relatively creative, Okay. but I was doing photography in high school, kind of like shooting. I was like skating with friends, and then like picking up a camera and like doing some skateboarding photography. Okay. And that's kind of what I thought I was gonna do. And then when I graduated high school, I got, you know, I got the idea that I wanted to go to art school. So I just like, I spent a year drawing and get, getting like a portfolio together. Um, and yeah, then I went to Tyler School of Art for like graphic design and had some great professors, learned illustration and although I wasn't really like happy with the images I was making. I learned so much that I still think about stuff my professors like said today. So oh, really? It was an amazing experience just to like, um, you know, just really like work on projects from like a conceptual level and to you know place high value on like professional quality. Right. You know. Yeah, I have a question, and I feel like you have a good perspective on this since you've been through art school and you've been down that route. I think there's an argument nowadays just where like a lot of people say that you don't need to go to school to be successful, whatever it is, whether it's a photographer, yeah. an artist, um, because there's like YouTube and there's the internet totally. is so prominent today. So do you think that you would be as successful of an artist as you are today without having gone to art school? Do you think you could have done it without school? 
That's a great question. Um, I don't think people necessarily need school. I think that, you know, it's a different age today. Um, you know, I'm glad that I went to school because I kind of needed an anchor to like give me some kind of guide and some kind of compass to like what I could do. Cause I didn't even really know like what graphic design was when I was, you know, like 19, 19 or 20, I was like, you know, I, I kind of knew what I, what I wanted to do, but I, it wasn't defined enough. So I think that, you know, if you know what you want to do, you can learn it by yourself and not have to go to school. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Um, with that being said, it's also a different landscape with schools and the pandemic. So I think a lot of things are going towards like an online virtual learning kind of thing, which is exciting because, you know, people like me and my peers can directly share Skillshare and, and talk to to design kids that maybe don't have access to university and just want to f study with somebody like me or one of my peers for a graphic design course. Yeah, and there's a lot more outlets now. Like maybe in the beginning, like it was before like YouTube and Google and things like this, like one of the only ways you could learn this kind of art is if you took a class for it, you know what I mean? But now yeah. it's like you, you have the resources to learn it on your own through these other avenues, right? Yeah, and it's really like, if you know what you want to do, that's already like, that's already the biggest step. Really? It's like sometimes figuring out what you want is like the yeah, hardest thing. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, that's well, that's cool thing because you kind of dabbled into like different creative arts before you found your niche of like graphic design, right? Totally. And it's almost like whatever you're doing on the side when you're like kind of procrastinating is kind of the thing that you should maybe put more energy into. Not like turn your hobby into a career, but sometimes I find that as an artist, we get stuck into a style. Yeah. But we do this thing on the side that makes us really excited and we're passionate about that. So that was almost like my collages when I switched my mm. styles. I was like, this is way cooler for me to do. And you were doing that for fun at that time. I was doing that for fun, yeah. And then I was like, this is, I, this is it. So yeah, it's almost like... Sometimes artists take themselves too seriously and like they'll do like cartoons on the side that they're like embarrassed about, but those are actually like the hot shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes, yeah, like whatever you're kind of like procrastinating about, like you're working on the side, like before you do the client stuff, like that's actually like the work you should focus on. Yeah, and I think that translates really Sometimes. well to like music too because mm -hmm. there's a lot of producers that have like heat in their archives that yeah. sometimes release it like years later totally. and people will be like, what the fuck? Like this is this track is fire and it'll be like, I've had this for five years, I just never released it, you know? Yeah, we get into our heads as artists too. That's what a good team is, is great for, to have some really good people around you to encourage like releasing and yeah. Just like to stay focused on the big picture and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have somebody that you look for for feedback, like a person where you like you value their feedback a lot more than like I have else? a really great team of just like close friends around me, always kind of validating and like I'm showing stuff. Um, a lot of the times it's. I kind of can't share it, so I have to just like. <laughs> really? Because it's know, just keep, confidentiality. Yeah, reasons. exactly. Like keep a secret. But um, there's a couple friends that I just really trust their opinion on everything, and I'll show yeah. them. And you know, but yeah, it's it's important to have um, some people that you look up to affirming what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, as a creative, it's really really great to have 
um, people hyping you up and, yeah. and keeping you on like the positive growth, you know? For sure, especially because I, I just assume as an artist, you probably are self-critical of your work, right? Yeah, everybody is, but yeah. that's what keeps you, it's like a double-edged sword, you know, it makes you a little judgmental about your own work, but it also keeps the work tight and you make sure you're not slipping. So it's like, you know, we have to be critical, but then we have to like be gentle on ourselves too. It's like a, it's a process. Yeah. I think that's the biggest challenge for creatives is just finding that balance between not being too self-critical, but like you said, having a common ground to like keep yourself in check, you know? Yeah. I mean, we can spend as much time as we want on our craft, but we also have to balance that with like taking care of ourselves too. Yeah, because obviously there's life still outside of your yeah, art. Yeah, and that's, the life is part of the craft too. Like, you know, sometimes I think it's a little stifling for an artist to be in the studio 24 seven. Um, I think one third of your work is like studio work and then one third is like, is living and like having experiences ah, and then the true. other third is almost like integrating those experiences so if you're working all the time and not taking care of yourself then i feel like the work is going to suffer yeah that's very true yeah it affects your because you need to live life to be inspired right you yeah, can't you just need to have experiences to be inspired by new sites um you know it's definitely like hard to travel right now because mm -hmm. we i don't know traveling seems like it's a little selfish to be flying somewhere and having vacation but yeah you can still kind of have like a little road trip getaway to like nature or whatever and i think that's mm. it's important to do as artists yeah definitely I, with that being said did you have struggles during the beginning of this pandemic or throughout it just because you weren't able to experience life the same way you were before it was actually good for me really i'm not gonna lie like um i almost needed that reset and just to be able to like focus on physical fitness again and get like a workout regime and kind of like it helped me just transform myself on a physical level uh, and okay. take some time out to like really get serious about that. Yeah. So like diet and exercise were just like two main things that came out of it. And I was like cooking at home all the time, which we all were. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it was a really weird time and very uncertain and it still is. But yeah. I think that, you know, just focusing on, like, the basic things were really, like, healthy for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I think it's good that you took something out of the pandemic rather than just, like, I guess letting it defeat you, you know? Yeah, no, it's definitely, there's definitely scary times because, mm -hmm. you know, and the freelance, too. Like, everybody's, um, you know, the economy of everything has changed. Live music and mm -hmm. how things are people don't want to release albums because they can't tour them but yeah music is always needed and it's always going to come out um and i'm thankful to have great projects coming in so yeah. i'm truly blessed and yeah i was able to take a step back and initiate a project that i've always wanted to start which is my clothing brand the comfort club too what so. you got wearing right now you guys take a look at his at his sweater right here you got comfort los angeles i love that sweater it looks Thanks, bro it's, it speaks to being comfort it looks comfortable it's, <laughs> it's ridiculously cozy i'm not gonna lie hell yeah where can people find it if they want to comfortclub.us okay what was yeah. what was your whole thought process when starting that so we were like all at the crib for an unknown period of time yeah. and I was going to put out a, a little line of sweatpants for my friends and I 
introduced the idea to my network and it just kind of like snowballed and I was like, all right, like let's just kind of run it like as an official brand. And it really kind of took off in a way that I did expect it to. Uh, I didn't want to say I didn't expect it because I did. I was like, this is a good idea. <laughs> I like the confidence. And, yeah. And, um, you know, it's just nice to have like clean, comfortable sweats when you're chilling at the crib all the time now. Yeah. It resonates well with the times. Like you want to be comfortable exactly. while you're at home. Yeah. And it's just like kind of expanding into different ideas, like mm. doing some candles and just like oh, furthering sure. the idea of like relaxation and you're tapping into like different creative um ideas that you have, you it's know. It's just fun. Even designing yeah. the packaging and like developing the scent for the candle, which is mm. amazing. Like it's delicious it's delicious so, yeah that's like it's kind of oh, a, a great platform to introduce like new ideas into the physical realm like we were talking about yeah instead of all my stuff being just purely digital it's nice to have you know physical products with my my designs and just a platform to kind of um, release some products that are comfortable and, and healing and, and good for the world, you know? Yeah, for sure. Transitioning back a little bit more yeah. to your career, right. uh, what were some struggles or I want to say struggles. How about some, uh, learning curves that you experienced when you first got into your art that you had to overcome? Um, man, so many, and I feel like I've done everything wrong in a way too, but oh. all those experiences you learn from, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think this main struggle in the beginning was how to get eyes on my work. I oh, was God. like, I knew my work was good, but I didn't know how to, like, get it in front of people. Yeah. And I think with the, with the Internet now, it's like, so when I graduated college, like, Instagram really wasn't a thing. And okay. I was getting work, like, in different ways. But now it's like people can connect so easily. But I think that it was, a, it was a little bit of a struggle to like, how do I get work? And then like, even when Instagram was like fully popping, it's like, all right, how do I get people to see my work still? Yeah. And I think that what you kind of have to do is like figure out a way, figure out what people want and look and how that aligns with like your style. So it's not like just do whatever people want. It's like, you know, what do you want to make? What do people want? How does that kind of meet in the middle? So I started a series of portraits of rappers called Pro Rap. Oh. And it was like almost made for Instagram in a way because I was like tagging the rapper and almost like wanting them just to see my the rest of my work. It was like a little like trick of like, here, like take this piece and then come check out the rest of my stuff. Yeah. And it worked. It did. I started like yeah, I started doing everybody and like Drake reposted and Oh shit. Mac like, Miller, like rest, oh, rest in peace. RP. Like he put me on like originally, like Wow. And yeah, it was just amazing. So that kinda like also got Anderson Pack's attention. He was like, Yo, can you do a drawing of me? And I was like, Hell yeah, let's run it. We did a flyer and that turned into the Venice artwork and so yeah, it's like one thing that you have to do is like kind of gracefully put yourself into the context you want to be working in. And it's, gotcha. there's no like, there's no like to do like step-by-step -step list on like how to do that. <laughs> like yeah. how to be a cool person that people want to be friends with. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like at the end of the day, it's not networking. It's making friends. Yeah. 
that's you know a good I mean? way to put and it like, you're relationship building exactly and maintaining the relationship and and making it mutually beneficial so it's like in the beginning i'm not charging people twenty thousand dollars for a cover because that's not the relationship it's like we're both at this smaller level i'm helping you you're helping me and we're growing together yeah that's very important like nourishing the relationship too and i i had a guest uh, shout out to ricky a couple episodes ago yeah, shout out to ricky you know ricky directs yeah yeah shout out to ricky man he's he's dope the way his mind works is insane but he talked about that how just like out here there's a lot of transactional relationships especially yeah. like in los angeles so yeah it's important to um nourish the ones that are valuable to you right yeah, for sure. And shout out to Ricky. I actually owe him a phone call. We're about to work on a, a little personal project um, that he pitched to me. But yeah, it's definitely true. It's like, you know, I used to be almost like a lone wolf and I didn't really want to collaborate because I kind of wanted like all the credit and oh. accolades in a way. But that almost held me back for so many years. And now I'm like super collaborative. I love when it's a strong team. Like, let's just make like bigger projects and like more thorough, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good that you came to that realization. Do you think that uh, you have any other plans for like, cause you obviously you've done like clothing and things like this, right? Do you have any other ideas for other types of like creative arts that you want to branch out into? Oh, the ideas are endless. <laughs> yeah, that's that's never been my problem. It's almost like, um, figuring out what are the longer term projects and what are the shorter term projects. Okay. But scaling Comfort Club up to a brick and mortar oh. with like almost like a couple different storefronts is definitely a goal. Um, also developing, this is, actually I'm not going to tell you about this project. This is okay. top secret. Um, but there are a lot of things that I kind of like systems I want to develop for like artists and stuff too. Systems for artists. Yeah. Okay. Um, just like resources so they can like, um, they can learn and like download things and have access to, to, um, to actual files and actual like videos and things to like help them be better designers. That's dope. Kind of like I'm not gonna say masterclass. Almost but like, like a masterclass, yeah, okay. something like that. Professor Saunders. Exactly. <laughs> Teaching class, I love it. So <laughs> yeah. what we you spoke on this a little bit earlier. I wanted to ask you like what your first big project or gig was. Was it when when Anderson Pack kind of reached out to you about doing that project for Venice? Um, yeah. So. When we were working on the artwork for like Venice, for instance, that was 2014, I'm going to say. Um, it was a really big deal for me. Um, and Anderson was still a little underground. So that yeah. was, we were still growing together. It was, they, these were all breaks for me though. Don't get me wrong. The Venice cover, it was amazing to have to see it come out. But I think the Malibu cover, when it came out in, when the album dropped in January 2016, that was... You know, that was a big break for me, but it was almost like a slow burning big break because mm. it didn't like happen overnight. It was like over time, the album almost gained like this cultural classic notoriety and the artwork became like this thing that people were talking about more and more yeah. as the years went on. So it's, it's funny thinking back, it's five years old now and people still haven't like stopped asking me about the cover and wanting to wow. interview me about it and stuff. So it's interesting that it became this cultural piece of, you know, 
um, hip hop, R and B history, like LA yeah. history. Um, and seeing that in retrospect, I was like, wow, like this has changed my life. Like, did you, did you know that you making know. it, did you know that like this could potentially change well, my yeah, life? That's why I wanted to work with Anderson from the jump. I was like this, I was like listening to his music that he was making with dumbfounded. Yeah. He was going by breezy Lovejoy. I knew he was a star. I was like, I would love to work with the, both of these dudes, you know? So I was yeah. working, doing stuff for both of them. And, um, we all knew Anderson was going to blow up and we all wanted to help him do that. Yeah, you know? exactly. For sure. So what type of feelings like did you have when you got that first big break? Like describe some of the feeling. Were you more excited or were you more nervous? Um, I remember them premiering the song, the season slash carry me on beats one and, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> yeah, you're good. And, um, it was just crazy. I was in Philly still and, you know, it was really a big deal for me and the team and everybody. And we were just hearing that song come out and, you know, uh, Dre had given us a thumbs up on the artwork. I remember I was like, <laughs> I seen like a screenshot. Anderson texted us. It was Dre, like dope art or whatever. Right. I was just like, Whoa. I was like, this is like real. I was like, I was like, Dre is behind all of this. I was like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. So yeah, icon. like, you know, ever since 2016, I was like, this is just a new normal, you know, I'm, you know, being in room in rooms with like future and, and, um, other people that's like, you know, that's the job that I wanted. That's, yeah. I wanted to work in the music industry. I, I'm a music enthusiast first and foremost, like that's what drives me and drives my art. So yeah, it just makes sense for me to be operating within that world. You know what I mean? And, um, but going back a little bit, I think my first big, big break was doing the, um, Ray-Ban holiday campaign in 2017. I saw that on your portfolio. That's on there, right? The, yeah. So that was a international advertising campaign for Ray-Ban sunglasses. And it was like probably over like 40 deliverables and wow. half of them were animated. And I hired out the team that I worked on for Malibu. It was mm -hmm. the same team. So it was like my dude, Micah animating my creative director, Corey Gomberg. And we all kind of like, I was like the head of it and just my friends like helped me put it together. And it was almost like my first time operating like a actual studio um, on like a major, major project. Wow. So that was right after that, I moved out to LA. That was my big break. What is, so that's what influenced this move to LA. Yeah, it was, that was the thing that was like, okay, like we're just doing it. Like, mm -hmm. um, Ray-Ban wasn't in LA, but all my other clients were, and I just wanted to be in town to yeah. make it easier to communicate and to work with people face to face, you know, this is for sure the place to be for you, right? To like make things happen. It's a creative hub mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it the is. weather agrees with me. <laughs> you know, I'm a South Florida boy, so okay. the Philly winters were starting to get a little much. I could imagine. Um, but yeah, I love it here. The people are really chill, laid back. And, um, you know, the, the winters are super 70 mellow. degrees. Yeah, like, exactly. So can't beat that. I just, I really love it. It's a comfortable place to, to do my creative endeavors. For sure. You it, know. I love, I love hearing this side of things because in my, 
in my day job that I do outside of this, yeah. I'm a digital marketer for brands. Okay. So I'm the, I'm the one that like runs the images yeah. that you provide for mm-hmm. like all the socials, all the ads and all that stuff. So it's really cool to hear like how the, how the process goes on the other side of things. So I'm like, hey, we need these assets. We need this and this and like yeah, these type totally. of dimensions. So like it's cool that to, to hear the other side of things, you know? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a really great job. At the end of the day, I'm just blown away that I get to make art for a living. Yeah. And you get to see it applied in all these different ways out in the real world. And you know, I actually have something for you. It's oh, my what? um it's my last uh cover that I just got in the mail. It's a South African band Saba Capstad on Mellow Music, but Bless. the vinyl just came in and uh just seeing it in person from my computer yeah and in print it's just the best part of the job and to hear the music in advance too it's it's just a really satisfying thing to do um it's just wild because you know making artwork is is almost enough but having it attached to really great music kind of amplifies both of the mediums in a way yeah do you so are you a big you mentioned you're a big music enthusiast. Yeah. What specific realm is it? Is it hip hop that you are most passionate about? I grew up on hip hop. I started working in the hip hop world. Um, I listen to hip hop all the time, but I'm really open to like older music, world music, you know, Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke, like soulful, soulful stuff, like samba, bossa nova, jazz, like um, psychedelic rock. Like I'm really like. If it's groovy, then I'm down with it. You know? <laughs> I love that. That's tight. Yeah, yeah, so it's dope that you get to do what you love, and you also get to do what you love for, like, the music you love, too, you know? Yeah. It's like a double whammy. Yeah, you. it's truly a blessing. Damn, man. that's And you love what you do, right? Like, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes me so passionate and gives me, like, so much energy to keep on doing it it's almost like self-replicating yeah what's next for you like where do you want to see yourself i don't want to say like in five or ten years but like what other plateaus do you want to reach um well i would like more eyes on my art millions of eyes you know uh, more album covers gallery work murals wow i have a couple more ideas for clothing brands that are like different concepts so kind of developing these like projects and platforms and just like growing each of them okay um but at the end of the day i love doing album covers and just kind of expanding that practice and kind of turning the album covers into singles and music videos and whole rollouts really just kind of developing yeah the ideas into full fruition got you yeah to more like like you said okay like having having rollouts to to tell a story almost yeah or, exactly okay got you yeah creating worlds for artists you know not just one-off covers and i i love getting uh, more in depth and um installations and museums and stuff like that are really kind of like in my future as well and and I've done like a lot of art installations but right now it's just kind of awkward to do so so I think that might turn into more like set design and music video kind of design okay yeah so so do you think that the prominence of like wanting to do those other aspects of art like do you think that there's actionable steps that you need to take in order to do that and if so what are those Um, I mean, everything that I basically like 
this sounds very ambitious, but I try to think of like just growing the things that I'm currently doing. Okay. I'm currently doing a lot of album covers. Yeah. Just expanding that into music videos. You know, I'm currently doing a lot of like collage work, expanding that into animation. Mm. You know, um, and then I'm currently doing a lot of merchandising and yeah. expanding that into doing more merchandising for different bands and different brands. Right. So, yeah, like I kind of think of like not like jumping too far ahead, but just like growing what I'm doing and seeing how everything combines and like also like sticking to what is working, you know? Yeah, because it's not broke, don't fix doing, it. doing like, you know, these crazy album covers for dope ass music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you love doing it too. Is is there an artist out there that you want to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Um I mean Kendrick Lamar is one of my favorite artists. Mm -hmm. I would love to do some more stuff with Anderson. I would love to do some stuff with SZA. Uh Isaiah Rashad, that'd be great. Um, Smino is the Smino is like one of my favorite artists. I'd love to do stuff with him. Yeah. I just saw Buddy the other night. I think we're gonna do some stuff, and he's Fire. one of my faves too. So, yeah, you know, just whatever makes sense. Like I like the projects to align creatively and like spiritually in a way too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think those are all like super obtainable things for you because everybody's yeah. one person away at the point where you're at right now, right? Yeah. Exactly. I love it, man. So what is your creation process? I know I touched on this at the beginning. I want to talk about like how your mind works when you first get an idea. Like, do you write, do you write things down in your notes or how's, how's that creation process work for you? Um, I think the creation process starts a little farther back than that. It's really kind of like listening to the music, flipping through different books and almost like seeing what my eye is inspired by and like maybe pulling some images and stuff like that. And then it's like the concept will come out of those like looser feelings and moods. Then the concept will come out and I'll like sketch out the loose, the concept and thumbnails of like what I'm thinking. And then the process will be kind of like finding those exact images that I'm conjuring up gotcha. and tying them into the larger concept at hand, um, whatever that may be. And then, um, you know, convincing the client that it's what they want <laughs> just by <laughs> like making it. Yeah. I, I don't say a lot with words. I really try to make the art that I'm delivering like undeniably good. Oh, so there's no like back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to be so fire that you yeah, can't say exactly. <laughs> it's going to be so fire that you're just going to be like, thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did you see that? There's like, there's, there's this meme that's going across Instagram that was just like the $500 client. He says like, Oh, like my life is depending on this work. $50,000 yeah. $50, clients. Like, thanks. Money's in your account or something yeah, like that. Exactly. And it's just, um, it's also a, that's a big thing to learn as a designer. It's like how to value your work and realize that it's very valuable and that the, you know, you're adding a lot of value to the artist's yeah. um, image and mm -hmm. really their image depends on the artwork. So, um, I think that, you know, there is a bit more awareness in the industry now, but still there needs to be more value placed on the artwork and the creative but that almost comes within the creative to realize their internal value so yeah that's true i yeah. wonder if there's ever going to be like a creative union one day or something like that that like um 
I don't know. I think that would make sense, and maybe it would make sense just to have like a kind of like a league of people that are transparent about how they are operating in the industry and helping each other with resources. Yeah, I think that would be really useful for people, yeah. especially because there's no as as a freelancer, as a creative, there's not a lot of security, there's not a lot of backing for people. You know what I mean? I feel like every creative is kind of on their own. It's a wild, wild world out there, but there's things that you can do to protect yourself as a freelancer and to build, you know, just build systems that work for yourself. What are some things that you can do to protect yourself? Um, well, I think that a lot of people have trouble getting paid and they start doing work without getting any kind of deposit, which I would mm. strongly advise against. Um, at least get a 50% deposit before touching Photoshop. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So like creating contracts for yourself before creating contracts, invoices, just, you know, um, systems that are professional and that make you seem like you're operating as a business. Gotcha. That's a great point to make. Yeah. Do you ever get into creative blocks? What do you do to get out of them? Uh, definitely. I think that, you know, just like kind of living life a little bit is a great way to get out of a creative block. Instead of trying to create and like forcing it, maybe like stepping away from the computer and like going to the park or, you know, um, hitting the beach, doing <laughs> something fun. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny you say that because that's what Ricky said too as well. He was talking about like how you step away to come back to it and just live life. Yeah, like watch like a... You know, watch like an old classic movie you've never seen before. Listen to like an old jazz album you've never heard before and just kind of like forget about everything else and, and you know, teach yourself something new. Yeah, for sure. So all right, where, where can people find you on socials if they want to follow uh, the rest Dewey of your Saunders, Dewey Saunders. On Twitter, Instagram, and it's my website too. DeweySaunders.com. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Any last words from you, man? Just uh, stay cozy and keep it creative. <laughs> stay cozy, keep it creative. Is that, is that the mission statement at Comfort LA? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it, bro. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Yeah, I appreciate was. you providing a lot of value to everybody. And um, for sure. excited to continue to watch your journey. Remember, Thank you for having me. Of course. Appreciate it. From Ambiance, Levi, Dewey Saunders, we out. Cheers. Peace.